Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Mexico Open. Joining me to break it all down, it's him. It's Greg Ducharme. Hello, Greg. Rick, what is going on? Um, quite a tournament so far. I would say it, it's safe to say we've gotten what we hoped for looking at the field at the beginning of this week. Uh, Monday morning, it was two guys who odds makers said are likely to win this golf tournament. Wednesday evening, same story. And now Saturday evening, same story. Tony Finau, John Rahm at the top. We'll talk about those guys, Greg. We'll, we'll talk about that's our That's our main event. That's the heavyweight bout. I got a couple of guys on the undercard that we need to speak about here first. And let's just start with Will Gordon. Uh, potentially breaking out of a little bit of a slump here. His 2023 was not as good as his fall was, but he shot a 67 on Saturday, four under par, gets into 13 under and six shots off the lead. Well, we know how important distance is on a golf course like this, and, and he's certainly taken advantage of it. You know, it's made some of these scoring holes, made the par fives a little bit easier for him. And when you look at this card, that's what jumps off the page to me. This is a birdies on all four par fives and the drivable par four seventh. And that's it. Now that's five birdies. Uh, his only bogey was at 17, uh, but that's, that's kind of the recipe as we've watched the guys near the top of the leaderboard all week long after each round, they've been able to take advantage of these holes. Uh, when we get to Finau and Rom and Akshay later, they sprinkle in a couple of other, um, you know, little shots of magic or holes of magic, uh, which has been the difference. Will wasn't able to do that today. And that's why he's a little bit farther back, but still a, a wonderful round of golf for him. Are you having a little deja vu here, Greg? Last year, John Rahm, Tony Finau, Brandon Wu at the top of the leaderboard. This year, John Rahm, Tony Finau, Brandon Wu at the top of the leaderboard. Let's talk about Brandon. He goes uh, 67, another four under round on Saturday. He made bogey on his first hole of the day right out of the gate. But other than that, it was blemish free and he closed with uh, another circle on 18, a hole that everyone was taking advantage of. So, so good for Brandon to be back into the mix here uh, this time around. Yeah. And again, you look at this scorecard and it's very similar. He doesn't take advantage of 14, but takes advantage of the other par threes, uh, other par fives rather, and number seven, uh, and then added in a really nice, uh, that kind of bonus putt at number three as well, which was a, a nice long putt that he made. But the thing that really stood out to me today about Brandon Wu was these short little wedge shots he hit. He hit a number off of the tight lies, albeit past Palum, but to some pretty tricky hole locations. And he was clipping them real nice uh, and added another one on 18. So it was really fun to watch him in the short game area today. Um, but, but all in all, 
he there's something that seems to really click with him about this golf course. I mean, he hit the ball well today. I found the bottom of the cup on a number of uh, on a number of putts. Although he didn't really, I wouldn't say he filled it up, but he he putted solid the way that he needed to. So yeah, this was a this was a nice clean round of golf for him, and I was most impressed by that by some of those little wedge shots. Our final group on Sunday is going to be spectacular. Uh, we'll start with Akshay Batia and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong. Akshay tied the course record for, Oh, I don't know. A couple minutes, right? Uh, eight under 63 with two bogeys on the card, mind you, and a 30 on his inward nine to match. Uh, Tony Finau did it, uh, last year. Brandon Wu did it last year. Somebody did it in round one this year. Who did it this year, this year? Oh, um, Smotherman. Smotherman, that's right. Yeah. And Akshay got himself into the record books for just a moment. We'll talk about who broke that uh, here shortly. But Akshay has been on everybody's radar for a really long time. Uh, there is no doubt about his talent. And now he is going to be staring down uh, two of the game's biggest stars on Sunday. And that is going to be really cool to watch. Uh, by the way, don't count him out. I was looking at his results on the PGA Tour so far this year, uh, and there have been six events where he's played a Sunday round, and five of them have been in the 60s. So he, he's not afraid of Sunday. Now, that being said, he hasn't been in this position on Sunday. He hasn't been in the final group on Sunday, uh, and certainly not with John Rahm and Tony Finau alongside of him. So uh, I'm very curious to see what we get. Are we going to get uh, an Akshay Batia who goes and plays like he's got nothing to lose? Um, he, he should play that way because he doesn't have anything to lose. Nobody's expecting Akshay to be the guy standing out on top uh, with Tony Finau and John Rahm in the final group. But um, he's got he's got the game to do it, and you saw it today. I mean, he did. He took advantage of all those holes, the, the four par fives and number seven as well just like everybody else near the top of this leaderboard, but he was able to add in a couple of really nice putts at, at two and three. I uh, hit a couple of really high quality shots at, at 15 and 16 as well. So this was a, this was a, a special day for Akshay and it's setting up for a day. He'll, he'll likely never forget tomorrow. Uh, no, probably not because he's going to be going up against Tony Finau and John Rom. John Rom. John Rom, the pre-tournament favorite, the number one player in the world, our reigning Masters champion, our Mexico Open defending champion, was I, I was I would say flawless, but I guess he made par on eighteen, which which is losing strokes to the field. But John Rom shot a ten under sixty one, which started with. Going out in 29, birdieing 12, 13, and 14, birdieing 17. Gets a little unlucky with his drive into the bunker on 18. He just kind of has to knock it out of there. But I I just cannot believe how often John Rahm gets to the top of a field of 140 golfers. It's, it's just, it's absolutely remarkable. Uh, it, it is absolutely remarkable. And he's just, he's so good that when you start playing, the more golf you play, if we played 90 round tournaments on the PGA tour, 
90 hole events. I mean, if there were five round tournaments, I, I think John Rahm might win every single one of them. He really might. It, it's like the longer he goes, he just keeps on shooting and eventually they start to fall. And, and today was that day. Now in both round one and round two, he, he made some mistakes. Um, notably around two hits it in the water at nine makes bogey at 10 right after that, um, made it, you know, a couple, couple of mistakes there in that round. And in round one, he had a couple opportunities from just short of the green with some kind of basic chip shots. Uh, he wasn't able to convert on, or wasn't able to give himself a, a birdie putt on a few of those par fives. Uh, but today was, this was the day we've kind of been waiting for where he cleaned up all the mistakes and everything went in. I mean, he, he set a personal record for feet of distance of, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here, but distance of feet, feet of putts made. Feet, I mean, how, distance, distance of distance of putts in feet. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we know, feet we know of, feet of putts made. Feet right? He made 156 feet of putts today. 156. That's sick. now it, it's really good. <laughs> so he gains oh, over three shots, 3.3 shots put in to the field. That was somehow second today, but he was hooping it from everywhere. The course record that was 63 was uh, obviously obliterated 61. Now that Mark uh, John Rom, you know, it's the, the expectations coming into an event at plus 285 uh coming into an event greg where this field is you know very weak by by most pga tour standards but still doing this it's just he seems to be immune to almost everything right he's immune to pressure he's immune to expectation it, it's 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 so fun to watch he has learned, he, he's learned, which, which is what I love watching, right? He's learned to channel the frustration. And Kyle's talked about this a lot where, you know, and everybody in the golf industry has John Rahm's kind of hot headedness or emotion, if you will, uh, is something that makes him John Rahm, but also has cost him in the past. And it seems like he's figured out this ability to, uh, to channel it and use it for good. Right, the four putt on the very first green at Augusta National doesn't derail him at all. It sends him in a, a, a in a positive direction. He ends up winning the Masters. You look at yesterday's round where he's three under through his first seven holes and gives it all back on nine and ten, and and after that he makes three birdies in his next four holes uh, and ends up finishing the round at three under par. And then all of a sudden today comes out with the, a clear head, but he, he really didn't do anything different, right? It wasn't like he just decided, all right, I got to hit it at every flag today. Cause I'm far back and I got a four. He didn't force it. He let it come to him and, and the putt started to go in and that's ultimately the difference. I mean, he stuffed one on, what was it on, um, maybe on, on four. I think he had a really good iron shot in there. Um, but other than that, he's making 25 footers and taking advantage of par fives. So it, it was really quite e easy in a way, but it was easy because the putts were falling. Uh, and, and if they don't fall, this is a, a ho-hum 65. 
Uh, but instead they do. And all of a sudden he turns it into a 61 and, and really, I mean, two of the better opportunities he had for birdie on non par fives and not number seven was 15 and 16. And, and he missed both of those. Um, that was like a 12 footer and about an eight footer on those two holes. Um, you know, two of the better opportunities he had for the day. So I, I loved watching that aspect. The fact that he didn't force it and was able to get 61 out of the round. It's just, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. You mentioned that he, um, the, the shot you're referencing was on number four. He hit it to 22 inches, obviously cleaned yeah. that up for birdie. Now, uh, John Rom goes 67, 68, 61 and believe it or not is two shots off the lead because Tony Finau got it going on his second nine. Uh, hunky Tony was only two under, when he made the turn, he was only two under Greg through 11 and scoring was very, very good today. John Rom was applying a lot of pressure. Everybody was flying around, moving up the board. John Rom took the lead at one point. Tony Finau finished with a flurry birdies on 12, 13, 14, 16 and 18. He gave one back at 17, but that was really to me, a great response to everything else that was going on around him. Now, remember with John Rahm, we talked about 156 feet of putts made. Uh, for Tony Finau today, it was 35. <laughs> now he so he he lost to John Rahm by four shots and made you know 120 feet less of putts made. It just tells you how well he's hitting the ball. I mean, he he has the ball on a string right now and has for all three days. Uh, you could argue he has all year long, maybe a little better with the driver this week than it's been this year. Um, but as far as his iron play is concerned, it's it's nothing different. And today, nothing went in and he shot 65. And And I think that's why we always lean towards the great ball strikers rather than the putters, because days like this happen. I mean, you can have a great putting day and not make anything. Um, it, there's a, there are a lot of variables that go into, you know, the ball eventually finding the bottom of the cup. It, it didn't at all for Tony Finau today, yet he walks away with the two shot lead. Uh, and, and I, I just, I love what Tony's doing right now. He's staying calm, staying collected, um, taking advantage of the holes that he should, that he needs to, his short game has been really good when he's been on those par fives, gotten it up and around the green and uh, into, and been able to convert the birdies. He's done what he should all week long. And then he's been able to add in a couple of great shots. I mean, 16, He there's something about that second shot that he just loves. He had another beauty in there today. Hit a great shot in there in round two as well. So he's he, he's in a really good place right now. It's been fun to watch. I think we might have talked about this before where let's, let's say Tony Finau wins the Mexico Open. And in two years, we look back and say, who won the 2023 Mexico Open? Oh, Tony Finau. And I think a lot of it will be, what a crappy win, right? Like this field that's got the third worst, third worst strength of field of the year, whatever. However, uh, if he, if he outduels John Rahm, number one player in the world out of the five, like strength of field should be like adjusted like almost day. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it should be absolutely it should be Rick. Bigger. It should be bigger than yeah. what people are going to remember this as. I've had this feeling for, for years. If they had a Sunday top 10 element 
you know, who's in the top 10 in the field heading into Sunday and what's that strength of field look like? Because the same is true in really with really strong fields, but some of the best players may not play well and you get a little, you know, less than an event on, on Sunday and look, should that take away from it? No, but when you beat John Rahm head to head down the stretch, that's different than this Mexico open field. So I, I think it's a great point. I couldn't agree with it more. Um, and this is the other thing you and I talked about last night for Tony Finau, you know, the quality of his wins, I think can improve, but it doesn't feel like that's the Tony Finau battle. You know, it feels like Tony Finau's battle is what does he do in the moments, no matter who he's playing against, can, can Tony handle himself? Uh, and when he does, he can win. And and he can he can close it out tomorrow if he plays the game he's been playing for the first three days, and I think he really figured out how to do that last year, uh, and and in through the Houston Open this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he for the first time in real contention in 2023 does does the way that he handled himself last year on Sundays does that carry over into this year now that he's in contention again. I like it. Well, um, we will look at the odds board and I will, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, it's, uh, two, two guys mostly that are again, taking up a lot of said oxygen from sports books. But first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right, let's see that old odds board for the Mexico Open at the three-quarter point. Tony Fino, minus 120. John Rahm, plus 155. That's the majority of it. That's, that's, that's most of it. Uh, again, Tony Fino is a two-shot lead. Akshay Batia, the third man in that final group, eight to one. He will start two shots back. And then I will just lump in Brandon Wu here, uh, 14 to one, Greg. He's three shots back. No one else uh, shorter than 125 to one. Four guys. Yeah, and there and there's a good reason for it. I mean, you look at the quality of players up at the top um, and just take Akshay out of it for a second. Cause he's kind of a wild card. We, we, we haven't seen him in this position before. We have no idea what we're going to get. Uh, um, so if you just take him out of it, it, it's highly unlikely that John Rahm and Tony Fino both lay an egg mm-hmm. and you have, so you have the two perennial favorites heading into the week, sitting up on top, uh, you know, significantly farther ahead than anybody else. Again, leaving Akshay out. So it, it's really hard to, figure out a way or, or a path for a Brandon Wu or Will Gordon, a, a Smotherman, and any of those guys to make up enough ground. And again, I, I talked about it a lot earlier in the show, um, these four par fives and number seven. And and these are kind of, it, it almost makes this a, a 
par 67. <laughs> I know that. That's I'm a, not to say that. <laughs> I, I know that. Uh, but but they've done such a good job taking care of those holes this week. And so if you put par for them at 67, what do you have to do to catch them? If they if they do nothing special and just do what they should, and they make pars all over the place and and add in the birdies on the par fives and number seven, well, this this thing becomes unreachable. Uh, it's not unreachable for Akshay, uh, but it's unreachable for uh, for Will Gordon and Smotherman. Uh, and you know what what's Brandon Wu set up to to do? Um, I don't mean to rhyme there, but what's he set up to do on a Sunday? I mean, is he really going to come from three back on Tony Finau if Tony Finau shoots five under? That that's a that's a heck of a round. So of course, one of these guys could stumble, and you could get kind of you know they don't take advantage of those holes. They miss a couple of few short putts uh, and have a little bit of struggle, but is another 63 out there for him. I, I think that I know he did it last year, but I, it still it feels like a stretch to me. Fun fact, John Rahm has never successfully defended a title on the PGA tour. He's done it once on the DP world tour. He won 2018, 2019 Spanish open. I will say there is kind of a caveat here because one of the titles he did not technically defend, he had a six-shot lead going into Sunday at the at the memorial. Yeah. So technically he withdrew. Legit- legitimate caveat. <laughs> big, big caveat, but just tell just I'm just here spitting facts, right? I'm just telling yeah. you what yeah. is technically, yeah. technically true. Um, who wins, Greg? This is so close. I'm I'm just gonna stick with Fino. You know, I, I was uh, I, I leaned a little more towards Finau than Rom heading into the fi- uh, heading into the week, but largely because of price. Right? If you look at like DFS strategy, you got a big discount on Finau. Finau, I, I loved Finau's game coming in. Um, this was that scenario where you put a one on the end of it, and it looks a whole lot better. And everybody says we saw this coming. I felt like Tony Finau was in that position, trending in the right direction. Thought everything set up really well for him. Um, again, no reason to to count out John Rahm, but based on where we sit right now, the one reason I'm counting out John Rahm is just because of the two-shot advantage for Tony Finau. And I, and I think that these two players will push each other tomorrow, and it's almost an advantage for Tony Finau to have John Rahm right behind him. I think it's really going to push him and make him continue this aggressive play, uh, and, and there's no opportunity, no... Uh, there, there should be no thought in Tony Finau's mind of playing conservative golf, right? He's got to, he's got to stick to the exact game plan that he's been, and, and that's the only way he's going to win because he knows he's got a, you know, a real heavy hitter behind him, the best player in the world behind him, and I think that pushes him to, to play a really great round. Scared to say, but I, I also think Tony Finau is going to win. He's, um. He's gained twice as many strokes from T to green as John Rahm has this week. I mean, he's been, yeah. he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's been better off the tee. He's been better on approach. He's been better around the green. John Rahm has gained four more strokes with the putter and Tony Finau. Uh, it is not a hot take to say that technically Tony Finau has played, played better golf than John Rahm this week. That that's, yeah. that's and, and you know, beyond, beyond the two shot lead, right? If you right. took the names off the board, 
and, and you just looked at the profile, you'd yeah. go Tony Finau 10 times out of 10. That's right. Now you put the names back on and it, <laughs> and I'm scared. It's really scary. <laughs> but I, I think, you know, we got to stick to our guns here. Again, I go back to this. Tony Finau proved to himself last year that he can handle Sunday pressure. Uh, he he has won a, a playoff event on the PGA Tour. Um, he, he's This would be his fourth win in a year, less than a year. So I, I think I think he's kind of solved that riddle. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to happen every time he's in contention from here on out, but I, I just, I think the way that he's playing is, you know, worthy of, of a victory. Well, one more fun stat before we get out of here. This one, courtesy of our very own Patrick McDonald. If John Rahm were to win the Mexico open tomorrow on Sunday, uh, it would become his fifth win of the season. So the most recent five win seasons. 2017, Justin Thomas did it. 2015, Jordan Spieth. 2015, Jason Day. 2013, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Since, since, uh, I'll add to that a little bit, Rick. Since 1980, if you take Tiger out of it, there's only been five players who have done it. I'll also add a little bit more to it. JT, Jordan Spieth, and Jason Day all got their fifth win in September. Tiger Woods got his fifth win in August. John Rahm would beat May uh, and and accomplish it on April 30th if he were to do it. Yeah, you know, I think even um, if you go back to 2004 when Vijay Singh won nine times, most of those were, I think he had two wins uh, through Masters. So a lot of his wins came in the summertime and towards the end. So this is is, uh, really, really special stuff for John Rahm, obviously. Uh, but but those five win seasons they don't come very often unless your name's Tiger. Tiger did it nine times, <laughs> right? So so there's been there since 1980 there's been five players to do it, right? Uh, and then Tiger, if you add Tiger, he's the sixth. Well, I think. What would we say? J uh, JT Spieth Day, uh, VJ mm-hmm. Nick Price in '94. And then Tiger did it nine times. <laughs> God, every stat is this has only happened a handful of times, and Tiger's done it forty times or whatever. Right, right. Tiger did it every year he ever played. Right, yeah. Tiger never not did it <laughs> <laughs> or something stupid. All right, well, uh, twenty four hours from now, we will crown our twenty twenty three Mexico Open champion, and when that final putt drops, maybe a couple minutes after, we'll be here to chat about it. Uh, so looking forward to it for now. Big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharm available on Twitter at the real GFD. And you can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. 